We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right. Let's just get going because I hate the Flyers and I don't want to talk about them. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition. The only Flyers pregame podcast during which you can hear the host unravel in real time, which I personally think is fun. Tonight, we're talking about the Boston Bruins, and we have Skylar from Stanley Cup of Chowder to join us. Skylar, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. And as I've uh, gone throughout my life, I find that the best art is art that is uh, reflecting the deteriorating mental state of its artist. In that case... The podcasts are only going to get better from here (laughs) (laughs) because the flyers are actively making me completely insane and also rather miserable, which I got to tell you is a real bummer because this is like the thing that I love the most. Mm -hmm. Great. I I will be very happy for you when you win the people's choice podcast awards at the end of the season. I wish that that were a thing and I could like campaign for myself. I would not win. I just want to make that clear. However, it would be fun to beg people to like me. I don't know. After a season like this for the Flyers, I would consider this a form of performance art. We should probably be able to get you in the Guggenheim. Hmm, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk about uh, the stupid Boston Bruins. Um, I've been asking everyone recently because I have uh, dissociated mentally from the game of hockey 
Um, does Boston have anyone out on COVID protocol or injury right now? Um, last time I checked, it didn't seem like it. In fact, they just picked up somebody. Uh, they uh, picked up this. Uh, oh, they've got a couple players on protocol that were recently added. Mm. Um, Jake DeBrusque has been going through co- uh, COVID protocol throughout the past couple of weeks, and that's, you know, that is what it is. And Thomas Nosek getting COVID protocol really stinks because he's actually pretty good as for a fourth liner. You know, he plays with a lot of energy and he can shoot, which is, you know, two things that you definitely want in your fourth liner. However, the big uh, roster shakeup that happened today was that a uh, certain Finnish goaltender, mm. I don't know, you probably haven't heard of him, has uh, re-signed in Boston for a year and on a million-dollar contract. What an ex so. segue because I did want to address that. I actually yeah. read that just a few minutes ago. Apparently, Tukarask, who signed to a PTO with the AHL team like three days mm. ago, is yeah. now, shockingly enough, a member of the NHL roster. Who could have seen it coming? Um, and apparently, according to the internets, will be backing up uh, against Montreal Wednesday night before the Flyers game. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance that Tugarask will be starting against the Flyers on Thursday? Um, given that he that he's not playing against the Flyers. Well, given that he's not playing against the Canadians, rather, yeah, it's a, that's actually very strange considering that the Habs right now have a roster that probably wouldn't crack an ECHL team. So the fact that he's not starting that game gives me the impression that his debut is either on Thursday night or Saturday night, uh, afternoon. Yeah. And that's going to be really special. It's I, just, I, I I have to say, if I'm the Bruins and I'm looking at a back-to-back with Montreal and the Flyers, um, I'm definitely considering the Flyers game the easy one. Like, I I don't know if they're, like, icing. Montreal has seven seven players. Like, just some dudes that they found on, like, Rue St. Catherine walking around. Just some guys. Like, do you know who Laura... Do you know who Laurent Dauphine is? Nobody sounds. Who is this Michael Pizzetta fellow? This is just the name of someone who owns a pizza joint in Montreal. Who are these people? Maybe he's good. There there is almost nobody on that roster. Yeah, Montreal is a mess, but like, so are the Flyers. So half a one. (laughs) Six. Wait, six. No, wait, six of one. You know what I'm trying to say. Six and one half dozen on the other one. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the Boston Bruins schedule on their website is infuriating to me because it doesn't present me with neat squares with wins and losses, which I can reference easily for these pregame podcasts. How have they been playing over the last couple of weeks? Um, Well, they didn't have much of a chance to play. Up until uh, they started, up until uh, very recently, and then they came back into the new year. And outside of that uh, Minnesota Wild game, they've they've been on a tear. Uh, they start the year with an overtime win over Buffalo. They uh, pants 
the Red Wings. They have a nice 5-3 game against the Devils. They beat Tampa 5-2, and then they just dropped seven goals on the Caps. Uh, I think this team is starting to get it together, and a big part of it is uh, their secondary scoring has finally, finally started to show up. I mean, it also helps that guys like David Pasternak are finally starting to actually turn all of that hard work that they're getting into actual goals instead of just expected goals. Mm. So it's really going to work out for them if they can just keep that uh, train going. Um, I think a lot of people are starting to see the real value in Taylor Hall and that he's a playmaker and he's had just an explosion of points over the past couple of day, days. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, when he hasn't been hurt, has been looking pretty good. And yeah, the depth is coming alive. Uh, guys that they've called up from Providence, like Oscar Steen, uh, he's got five points in eight games. He's looking really, really, really good. Uh, we've gotten Nick Felino to score. With uh, Trent Fredericks got his second goal. Anton Bleed's got seven points in 15 games. Things are looking up. Things are really looking up. And on top of all of that, there's Tuka Rask. Yeah, that seems... I mean, if, if Tuka Rask comes back and looks like Tuka Rask, I mean, that kind of cements thing. I mean, I, I don't think that anyone... Um, is expecting that Boston is going to finish the season in one of the wild card spots. They've got a bunch of games in hand over most of the teams ahead of them. And also uh, they're the Boston Bruins. Um, mm -hmm. So adding to Garask, I mean, I don't think Swayman and Allmark have been hideously bad, have they? No, they're uh, 918 and 917 respectively, which is fine. And which, is, <clears throat> which is about what... Uh, Tuca was doing prior to uh, his labrum tear. The thing is, is that uh, unlike uh, Rask's deal, is that we just know too much about him. What I think right. is that there's just too much familiarity with the player. And if you know, if certain fans get get it in their heads that a player is not going to be the arbiter of success, then they're never going to be the arbiter of success in their minds. Whether or not that's actually true is, you know, ephemeral to how they feel. So you so you get just this feeling, this feeling for the player. And we had kind of an idea of what Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark were. And now that we have uh, it's like almost less than 30 games. Oh, my God. Um, this stretch here has really taught us a lot about Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark, where uh, Linus Allmark, if he's square, is a very good goaltender, has a lot of trouble moving around in the crease. That's a real big problem for me because the Boston Bruins have gone through a lot of backup goaltenders that didn't survive their uh, final time in Boston because they couldn't uh, stop pucks that were moving laterally across their crease. And Jeremy Swayman, very strong, excellent, aggressive goaltender. But he guesses. He guesses a lot. Mm. And... Uh, you could see it in their uh, loss to the Lightning uh, on in overtime not too long ago, where in where the Lightning made it as abundantly clear as possible that Steven Stamkos was going to take his shot. And if he was square to him, he probably would have had it, but he just guessed. He guessed on where that shot was going and it didn't work. And that cost them points. And I know that there's a lot of people who really want Jeremy Swayman to, you know, stay up in Boston, you know, really get as much time 
at the NHL level as possible. But like, it, it doesn't hurt a player to know that sometimes what you think is your best isn't good enough. Because his last, his the the issue that I think the Bruins are hammering in on with Swayman at the very least is that he has a 918 right now that currently leads the team. But here's why he has that. Uh, his last five games are an 880, a 969, an 840, a 958, and then a 900 save percentage. Mm. You can't do that as a as a starter. You're bouncing back and forth between, and that's actually going back uh, his last to his last ten games. Is yeah, he absolutely has it in him to put a fantastic uh, game saving performance together. But he can also really give up some clunkers. And if the, you know, elite NHL defense in front of him can't help him, he's not going to look very good. And so I feel like this is a good opportunity for him to really try to hone in on the consistency of his game, really try and work on the best stuff in his game. And if that means you have to play for Providence for a few weeks, you know, only play some uh, uh, weekend games, so what? You know, the... Eventually, the uh, the the roster freeze will lift, and you'll be back up in Boston. It's really not that big a deal for right now. I is think he that, hmm? that is he waiver exempt. Is that why they? Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, okay. he's also very waivers exempt, which I cannot overstate this. There are some teams in the league right right now with some horrid goaltending. Oh, he would. I don't want to. I don't want to lose Jeremy Swayman to nothing. No, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, just like the Oilers would be crazy not to take him. Uh... So, um, I know Tuga got signed fairly recently to that PTO, and I know that the AHL essentially entirely shut down because of yeah breaks. Did he get to play any games at all down there? No, that was the that was actually the goal was he was supposed to play like two or three games over a weekend and then they'd probably sign this contract and then those for those first two games that were set up for the for i think it was the ninth the seven eighth ninth and tenth they were those games were canceled and they were like all right so we'll wait until the 14th and he can do the 90s weekend Mm. And then a bunch of games got, you know, and then a bunch of games got canceled again or postponed. And, well, I think if there's no better way to figure out if you're ready than the real show, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like they need to to see what Tuka Rask has. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, they, they, it was mostly just conditioning. Right, working, they were, yeah. Which yeah. you can do against the Habs or no offense, the Flyers. Oh, like you if... offend me, Skylar. I would have said it. <laughs> it's, it's I'm just... assuming why, like, honestly, if they were facing like a, a run of super tough opponents, I really wonder if they would consider leaving Rask in the, in the AHL for a little while, just to see if he can get a couple of games in to kind of work out the cobwebs. But given that they're playing honestly two, AHL level rosters right now in the Habs and the Flyers, like there's really no harm in starting yeah. him and letting him work it out there. No, there, there, there really isn't all that much harm to it. 
Um, I definitely think that the big test that's coming up is the Nashville Predators with all of the question marks. Mm, but yeah. that's something that we'll have to figure out on our own time. Um, I really, I don't know how the uh, goalie rotation is going to move on from here on out, but you know what? I, I'm, I have nothing but positive things to say about this. Um, a big thing about this year is that if neither of Allmark or Swayman worked, then Rask was always waiting in the wings somewhere. And him, you know, being ha- here halfway through January, which is not where I think a lot of people expected him to be, is uh, actually pretty good. That's really, really good. So it's a safety blanket for the rest of this season, which is about to speed up tremendously. This this schedule is just ridiculous. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, the, the Bruins have like three or four games in hand over everybody. Yeah. Them, so they're going to have to squish them in somewhere. I'm sure that'll be fine. Uh, that's going to be in the middle of February, and I sincerely doubt they are going to see uh, a single day off during that. There's already... You know, looking through this list, they've got a big, long homestand, and then they have to go to Colorado, which is uh, gross. And then they got, and then presumably there's going to be games added to this two-week period before the Olympics, and then they got to go on another long Pacific road trip. I really hope that they aren't, like, just backloading away games, because that's going to be... That's going to be brutal. That will be rough. Um, just to get back to this game a little bit, because why not? Um, you, mentioned, yeah, you mentioned that the, the secondary scoring for the Bruins mm-hmm. picked up. Um, anyone in particular that you think has been exceptionally good over the last few weeks? Taylor Hall. Oh, like, that guy. I love that he's um, secondary scoring for the Bruins. That's yeah, yeah. Annoying to me personally. Well, it's I think part of the arc of Taylor Hall's career is people actually recognizing that he's a playmaker because like he can score goals, but that's not what he's good at. It's like how a lot of people said, oh, man, Alex Tangay can score. But Alex Tangay is a is a dude who made most of the goals happen, you know, and so he's been last time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the Bruins have been cycling through uh, second line centers. Uh, it's either been Charlie Coyle or recently it's been Eric Halla. Uh, Eric Halla has done fine. He's done pretty well. Um, he has uh, David Posternak now on his uh, right wing. So that second line is very dangerous on the wings. But uh, Eric Halla is a spokescreen. Um, the guy from day one who's been making things happen on that second line is Taylor Hall. He's been uh, getting into the corners. He's been trying to make plays. He's been trying to read defenses. He's doing everything. The actual uh, second line center of this team is Taylor Hall. He just doesn't pull, he just doesn't take faceoffs. Right. And so it's it's very interesting to have that be the case, but it really it's really encouraging to see him, you know, have these explosions of assists throughout the season he just had uh uh two in his he had four in his last two games he's quickly i think he's has like uh eight in his last 10 it's very 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 in 
inspiring to see a player who has gone through quite a bit uh really come into his own as a uh the the best second line center that doesn't play center at least in my opinion um who's been playing like crap surely somebody has been playing like crap well it's hard to say any one player plays like crap because there there are just a lot of uh, extenuating circumstances because mm-hmm. the Boston Bruins defense it's weird it's it's very weird because systematically it's fantastic but individually it's kind of a mess um I think I've said this last time where it's never just one player's fault that things are going bad yeah um a lot of people really like Trent Frederick um Trent Frederick just had a really rough game against the wild he got penalized a lot and uh even if people like his physical strength uh he got he was one and one in fights and the one fight he quote unquote won was because Curtis Lazar was helping him win pos- uh position on the guy he was fighting like the the kid cannot be playing like this he is he is far too good at what he does to be having games that bad and then I, I I really I really don't know what to say. Um, John Moore, John Moore's not an NHL player. I understand that there's a lot of people who see 6'3", 207 and go, yeah, that's an NHL guy. I think we've seen enough of him to say no. I don't think John Moore needs to be an NHL player anymore, or at the very least, he doesn't need to be an NHL player for the Boston Bruins anymore. Yeah, he just he doesn't have the the talent or the play recognition to recognize what's going on here at the level that they need him. Like if you get bounced for a guy who a lot of fans are kind of disappointed in and that kid ends up being okay, it's over. You're done. You're not coming back. And yeah, that sucks, but that's your own fault. You have to play. You're being paid 2.5 or whatever it is million dollars you're getting paid over a million dollars as depth so what did you expect you know yeah that that's a lot of money to pay for depth yeah yeah it, we're, we're used to that so normally i like to ask how the flyers could beat the opposing team like what's a weakness they could exploit or what might they take advantage of um but I honestly don't think the Flyers are going to win this game. I mean, the this the general tire fire of mm-hmm. the organization right now, coupled with the fact that quite a lot of key players are still either on COVID protocol or hurt. Um, it's just it's a real stretch to imagine that they'll be able to beat a Boston Bruins team that is rolling, particularly. You know, not just the Bruins, but a Bruins team that's rolling. Um, Coming off probably, like you said, a big win against Montreal because they are also a tire fire. Um, But I guess for the sake of argument, if you had Mm -hmm. to identify a way in which the Flyers could beat the Bruins, how could they do it? Well, I haven't opened their daily face off in a while, so I'm just going to quickly do that while vamping right here. But I think the smartest thing that they can do is forfeit. Uh, No. I think the <laughs> smartest thing that they can do is 
probably try and use puck movement because they have uh, Olmark and Net. Again, my thought on Olmark is that he's a very, very good goalie. Um, he's an excellent first shot sort of save goalie. And that he will, if he is square to that shot, you are not beating him. You absolutely are not beating him. But uh, he has trouble moving around in his own crease. So if you can get guys moving around, if you can get tip-ins, um, if you can have guys uh, sitting on the doorstep waiting for uh, rebounds, that's the way that you can uh, get past him. Um, but right now, I think the only way you can really beat them is to uh, just force the Bruins to take penalties because they're taking an awful lot of them recently. Mm. And it worked out for the Wild. It worked out for the Wild very, very well because I believe it was like uh, four or five penalties. Yeah, it was like five penalties in one period against the Bruins and won like 30 seconds off of uh, the opening face-off. So that's one of those things that you can absolutely exploit right now. They're playing very well, but I would say if you're looking at this from purely a box score perspective, they're easy to get back in the box. So maybe try using the power play. Sure, sure, sure. I'm, I'm the 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 Flyers power play is good, right? You know what's what's good? I don't know. <laughs> I, it's hard. okay. So maybe they'll do that. <laughs> I, I mean, theoretically, maybe it could be if they had all of their players, but they don't. So I don't even know really what the power play is going to look like. Right. Um, theoretically, you're meant to to be better uh, than the team that has won fewer players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a it's probably a better shot than five on five. So they have that going for them. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty reasonable. I wonder if they if they do end up getting Rask since it's a back to back. Um, I do wonder if they're able to like get him moving since, you know, theoretically he's rusty. Um, I wonder if that could be to their advantage, but probably not because he's too Garask. So, you know, well, it's up to, it's up to, uh, our dear friend, Bruce Cassidy to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that the big thing for Rask throughout the last couple of years is that it's actually been breakouts like very fast breakouts where it's just one in the goalie have frequently been troublesome for him because, well, it happened. It happens so rarely that you're not really expecting it. And for a while, the Boston Bruins seem to be very, very good at giving up that transition goal. But I mean, there, there are some reasonably fast players on this roster looking at it. So if you can pop the putt past uh, McAvoy or uh, Grizzlick or something like that, I think you'd be able to maybe get a couple of pretty decent chances on goal. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they'll do that. Who yeah, can... yeah. I'm not, I I can't imagine that they're going to do enough of it to win because um yeah. Just looking at this at this lineup um this Gerald Mayhew person uh, this Jared. is this is this is a made up person correct. This Jared, is a manufactured human being. I have uh, never seen him in real life or on television because I believe I did not watch the games that he played in. So he could be fake. That's yeah, legi- fake just looking fake. at him right now, this this looks like a fake person. Frankly. He might be. I mean, honestly, the Flyers um, are 
at a point in which they might need to just start making guys up in order to field an entire NHL roster. So, um, yeah, Jerry, Jerry's part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, it, oh, it's a rough spot for the Flyers. Yeah, it's hard, it's, uh... hard to imagine. Um, I did one of these for the canceled Hurricanes game the other day, and that one was just hilarious. I was like, like the, there's there's simply no no way that the Flyers are going to beat the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes are arguably the best team in hockey. What are we even going to talk about here? Like, how many goals will the Canes score? Well, the thing is about the Canes is that you could realistically say uh, we could lead for about maybe 20 seconds or maybe yeah. a whole period. You're, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. That was never going to be a win. But there was reason to believe that hope could exist, well, at least in my opinion. That's very cute. Um, I actually, the NHL did us a favor by canceling this game for absolutely no reason. I know we'll have to play it later. <laughs> that's like for future me to worry about. Present Kelly is very happy to not have to watch the Flyers get whipped up on by the Hurricanes tonight. That's a present for future Kelly. Exactly. She can deal with that then. Um, Once the acceptance is settled in, I think. We're almost there. <laughs> um, yeah, so final score. What are you thinking? <clears throat> well, um, if this is going to be Tuka Rask's first game back in the NHL in months and months and months, um, I generally believe that uh, he will be a little rusty, so I will give the Flyers two. However, I also believe that the Boston Bruins are going to score four or five goals because that's how this last stretch has been. Yeah, whenever I've been thinking about this over the last couple of weeks, like Carter Hart is the only player that's been consistently good for the Flyers. So I I try to think about how many goals I think he'll end up giving up against a particular offense. The Bruins offense is very annoyingly good. So I tend to agree. I do think the Flyers will get one or two cheap ones past Tuca if it's him because of the rust. Um, but I also think that they'll probably come. I'm going to get super specific because why not? I think they'll come early as he's working through it. And then by the end of the game, he'll just be full on playoff to Garask and like an absolute wall. Um, so like maybe the Flyers get too early and the Bruins score five. <laughs> you know, maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just me, but I'm getting the distinct impression. You're not having all this much fun yeah. this year. This is supposed to be fun as part of my life. Like this that we're doing, the podcasting, the blogging, the watching sports, the chatting with my friends about the sports. All of this is supposed to be the fun part, Sky. Yeah, yeah. There was a time, there was a time that it was the fun part, and now it um only brings me uh, great pain and suffering. So, well, hopefully it won't be that more that much painful. Uh, com- coming the end of the season and into the next. Yes, just. Put this one out of out of its misery as quickly as possible. So you're saying four two five two. I'm saying five two. Bruins. I would love to pretend that the Flyers are going to win this game, but fam, I just don't think they're going to. So you never know. The Boston Bruins second uh, secondary scoring is infamous for being rather mercurial. Listen, the Sabers win games. The Ottawa Senators win games. Bad the, okay, come on. All the time. 
They're so, not that bad. Come on. Hockey's weird. Sometimes the worst <laughs> team wins. You never know. It's possible that the Flyers... It, they're not that bad. They're not on that level of bad. Aren't they, though? I mean, you could do a lot worse. You could be the Coyotes. There are a number of Flyers fans that if you presented them with that argument would argue that the Coyotes are in a better spot than the Flyers. That's about where the fan base is now. So things are going really well. We're having a really great time. It's it's rough out there, huh? It's not that fun. Sky, where can people find you on the Internet? Well, you can find me at StanleyCupOfChowder.com. You can find me at DavyJonesLockerRoom.com for uh, any of your Kraken needs. And you can also find me on Twitter.gov at SkyOnAir underscore for uh, uh, periodic updates on uh, whatever it is I'm working on right now. So, yeah, that's how things are going for right now. Yeah, everyone check out Stanley Cup of Chowder to learn a little bit about the Bruins ahead of this game. Check out Davy Jones Memorial Locker Room. Locker room. Not <laughs> Locker Room. He doesn't own it. You don't know. It's simply named for him. And that's why there's no apostrophe and I can sleep at night. Um, yeah, Sky, thanks a lot for doing this. I'm sorry. Yeah, that no problem. 100% Daria at this point. I'm like fully leaning into it. That's good. It's all good. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope everyone listening is able to enjoy the game at least a little bit. Maybe the Flyers will have some fun out there and we'll be able to enjoy ourselves. Go I for one. Go Bruins and I for one hope that at least someone in Flyers land gets to enjoy themselves. That's very nice of you. I appreciate that. No problem. Thanks for listening, everybody. I- Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.